0: Right now, i uh, going to have a conversation about a move that the federal government is making that a lot of people are shaking their fists at. A lot of farmers are pretty upset by this move. This is an effort to help combat climate change, and it will essentially reduce fertilizer use. So the Fed's looking to impose this requirement to reduce nitrous oxide emissions from fertilizers, um, saying that the greenhouse gas uh, that is created by these uh, contribute to climate change. So you you got to get rid of the fertilizer to try and combat these nitrous oxide emissions. Farmers obviously not happy about this.
1: Well, a great backlash over this, saying it's going to reduce yields. And if you're trying to feed the world and you're reducing how much you can actually produce, that's a problem. It's a problem on farmers and on producers. They're they're being uh, put under the yoke uh, for, for the purpose of climate change. And you've seen some people jump in and jump on board with this. Uh, slow roll convoys mm-hmm. supporting the farmers, saying that Ottawa is trying to take out farmers. You've seen situations that are similar in the Netherlands where there have been major protests that have been going on so you've heard a lot about that so we wanted to dive through you know there's in all of these kinds of conversations there is hyperbole there is understatement and then there's the truth somewhere in the middle so we're trying to find out what is the case beyond the hyperbole? We're going to chat with Sherilyn Nagel, who was the past president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association, still a board member, just to give us some some perspective uh, on what is actually proposed, what's going on, and how angry some people should be. Sherilyn Nagel, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it.
2: Good morning thanks so much for having me really appreciate it
0: so Sherilyn, when we're talking about reducing these fertilizers that farmers are using uh, can farmers work without the use of these fertilizers or is this something that means they would have to completely change gears and like livelihoods would be at stake here
2: well absolutely livelihoods will be at stake here and it's incredibly confusing for us on the farm because I think, well, especially now coming out of a pandemic, always the Canadian economy has depended on agriculture and, and agricultural trade and exports. So, you know, the world looks at Canada. What can you do, farmers? What can you grow and, and what can you trade? And we've got this, you know, amazing mandate from the federal government to say, we have to increase our agriculture exports. And it's a, it's, a, it's a huge lofty goal. I think they want to increase agriculture exports by 55% in just a number of years so farmers are geared up we're ready for it we've always adapted the newest and latest innovations uh there's all kinds of farm shows happening now that COVID is over and and we're showing up for those to find out what's new and exciting and certainly soil health and nutrient uptake is always part of our business plan so we're gearing up for all of that and then we have this this these rumblings about fertilizer reduction and it's incredibly confusing because you cannot do one with, a, with, a, with the other. You cannot increase our agriculture exports and reduce our fertilizer. It's impossible. The single biggest opportunity for farmers to grow more on less land because we don't, we're not getting any more land in, in the future, the single biggest way for us to do that right now is to increase our fertilizer. Increase it, not decrease it. And you know as as farmers, we have seen firsthand the benefits of increasing our fertilizer use and not only increasing the fertilizer use but making the most of it. We have you know contrary to what the federal government seems to believe about us we pay attention to this it's really really important do you, do and you, we have all kinds of programs.
1: Do you think that they just don't understand because the Trudeau government says that it wants a reduction in emissions not actual fertilizer but you can't do one without the other so is it is it a lack of understanding is it just coming it from a, a point of view uh that's unrealistic?
2: That, that's semantics that is semantics just saying you know putting their hands up and saying whoa whoa we don't mean a reduction of fertilizer we need a reduction of emissions is just semantics that's just for the public, uh, for their benefit, and they, they may not truly understand the requirement that farmers have for the fertilizer use that we, that we have today. And to be really clear, fertilizer is expensive. It's, it's more expensive. This is probably one of the most expensive crops we have ever put in. It's very, very expensive. All of our input costs are up, including fertilizer. We would not put that much fertilizer down if we didn't see tremendous benefit from that. So we are not, I've seen lots of media footage lately where they're trying to explain nitrous oxide and they're trying to explain fertilizer use and they show these, these fear-mongering videos of, you know, there's uh, <laughs> much more things that are scary than a high clearance sprayer, you know, it's running around, looks like it's just dousing fields with chemicals and fertilizers and it, to the to someone who isn't in farming who doesn't understand the production of food and soil health it can look really scary the, and at the end of the most of these media stories they're trying to wrap it up and they say you know one of the ways that you can help is to eat lower on the food chain you know, eat more plant-based foods and I just I can't get over the irony of it that they would suggest that a fertilizer reduction will help the envir- the environment and what people can do is eat more plants. <laughs> when you have th- that one, you know, swoop of the pen to reduce uh fertilizer by 30 yep. percent, will absolutely reduce the available plant-based food. It's a, the irony is crazy.
0: So, Sherilyn, I mean, is there something that the farming community can do to to reduce emissions? I mean, is there is there a different area that maybe can see some change that could have a better uh a better effect or or move in the direction that the Feds say that they want things to go?
2: Well, we are always doing things better. Every year we are doing things better. And that that could be one of the most frustrating things that we're going through right now when we're talking to decision-makers and policymakers is we feel like we're on this uphill climb to share with them all of the things we were doing because we took for granted that people knew the stewardship that we were already undertaking you know there's we have learned on on our farm that this family has been farming for more than a hundred years and that's the case for most of the farmers in my network they are farming for generations upon generations and the goal is always to leave the land and the soil in better condition for the next generation than was left to us so that means we are trying to make good decisions everybody tosses around the the word sustainability. You know, farmers didn't use that word before, but now that people are forcing us to use that word and ask us what it means, it means we're making good decisions now and for the future. So, of course, there's things that we can do to get better, and we already are doing them. Anytime... science brings us something new that says hey I think we could try this I think we could try variable rate that is something that farmers are doing uh, and sectional control so that means those great big machines that you see out there that are planting the crop are also planting fertilizer at the same time and we have these incredible mapping systems inside of our equipment G- GPS type of equipment, which most consumers are familiar with, but it's more than just getting you to the nearest Starbucks. Got it. <laughs> Far more sure. use sure. GPS equipment. To be so specific about where we put the
1: fertilizer. You have extraordinary passion, and and I, uh, it's clear. I got <laughs> coming it
2: coming through on but the phone. <laughs> it's coming through very <laughs> really well. Okay,
1: but we got to let you go here. But just before we do, look, you you are gonna you're gonna look for support and want support in this fight uh, across the board. Uh, some of the support though has come, uh, and uh, how do I how do I phrase this? So, so there's been slow roll convoys. So some of the the, the convoy group has been in support. Does that? Because of how that is seen by a large population in Canada, does that help or hinder your movement?
2: You know what, I think any opportunity we have to get the message out that farmers will absolutely be hurt by this, that the country will be hurt by this, yields will go down, food prices will go up, any opportunity we have to share that message is going to be helpful. Uh, I just spent a couple of days with a farmer friend of mine from the Netherlands and she explained to me what is happening over there the anxiety the animosity uh, you know that the emotions are very high in the Netherlands because of there's a same similar situation where their mm-hmm. government has imposed a very high uh, fertilizer reduction and the farmers are going ballistic yeah. and I got to tell you I don't blame them I don't know how we're going to get a rational conversation around something like this that seems incredibly irrational.
0: Okay, Sherilyn, thank you so much for explaining it to us and uh, for sharing your perspective and your passion this morning. Really appreciate it. Well,
2: thanks for giving us the opportunity to share this issue.